next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Who that? And welcome back to Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as always, Brendan Ertle. I'm alongside my co-host, Nate Williamson. Nate, what's up? What's going on, man? How you doing? Good, good. We're doing, We're going to be talking about the, the Saints draft today and what the Saints end up getting in that, in that draft. We talked a little bit about that uh, in the moment, but nothing in depth. So here we are today. Talk about the six players uh, plus all the UDFAs that the Saints got. Um, let's jump right into it, I guess. Um at pick 28, it was Peyton Turner. Uh, I was live streaming. Everyone got to see my live reaction. What was your live reaction? I think I was a little bit confused at first. I, I think some of that came through with disappointment. But I think since then, I've had a little bit of a turn to the upside for this one. Uh, once I kind of realized what it was really about. Because at first, I did not know anything about him. I had to ask Jake who, when we were streaming, I had to ask, I was like, what do you know? Like, tell me about him. Cause I don't know anything. Uh, so that uh, falls on me more than anything, of course, but yeah, I, I think he's an interesting prospect now that I've kind of understand the pick a little bit more. Yeah. I definitely was surprised just because not, not so much the player. I, I, I watched him on the, uh, the senior bowl. He was there. So it made sense, the Senior Bowl connection. The Saints love the Senior Bowl. So I, I knew the player, but the position I was a little bit confused about, I was like, okay, I thought we were going to be sat in the D-line and the offensive line, at least for the first round. I thought that was uh, – they had to go linebacker, corner, wide receiver, anything with that. Um, but the main takeaway I have from that is the Saints tried to go up into the top ten. I mean, that was the bottom line. They did everything they could. Um, there's been multiple leagues. It was it for Sertan, was it for JC Horn? Was it for a quarterback of Mac Jones? Uh, the bottom line was the Saints had to pick 28. Uh, there's been videos and leaks of the Saints calling like the Broncos and being like, Hey, we'll offer you two first. Denver's like, No, we want three. So just imagine the Saints trade up to pick mm-hmm. nine, and we don't have the, our first round pick for the next two, three years because we trade up for a rookie corner. And, Mark, we, of course, we had Marcus Davenport that we call two firsts. Yep. Whoever that player would come in would be three firsts. Yep. So, oh. if it wasn't for a quarterback, that's a big price to pay, um, especially for the Saints team who maybe has more holes than um, in years past. Uh, you want to be able to have draft picks later on. And next year's draft class could be a big one for them as well because they have a ton of picks, though a few comp picks as well. But after the draft, we'll talk about everyone, but after all these picks that they made, I felt a little bit better about Peyton Turner because he's one of the guys that you really get excited about when you watch. I mean, he's a great pass rusher. And people say he reminds them of Marcus Davenport. I just think he reminds me of a Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan like combined. He's just a bigger, faster, uh, more explosive DN than both of them. Honestly, he could really develop into something. And Ryan Nielsen can turn him into something. The interesting thing is he probably won't start day one. He'll be a great rotational player. But is this maybe to replace a Davenport or Cam Jordan? Because Cam's getting up there in age. The Saints did exercise Davenport's fifth-year option, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to keep him. 
Um, could this be a precursor to the end of Cam Jordan, maybe? Yeah, I, I think with the injury history that the Saints have had, especially recently on the defensive line, it's more likely than not that at first we see him kind of fill in for those roles and, you know, provide where he can. But yeah, I think long-term, this is definitely a Cam Jordan replacement. Uh, and I know, I know, I love Cam Jordan, but it's clear to us, to him, he's getting ready for life after football. I mean, he's going on all these TV shows and I mean, he's getting a little bit older. His body's wearing down. He's getting double teamed year after year. So best case scenario, he comes in and takes some pressure and Turner takes some pressure off of Cam Jordan. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, you breed him for the future, learn under Cam, learn under two first and all these guys uh, and basically use this absolutely insane 99th percentile athleticism uh, to grow a future defensive lineman for your team. That's what really makes me excited is the reason the Tampa Bay Bucks won the Super Bowl was that defense and defensive line was so disruptive. And the Saints, yes, they lost T-Rex, um, but they did a great job retooling. They brought in Tanyo Passanio from the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, and Peyton Turner also could be another great addition for them. Um, still have some holes in the defensive tackle position, but the Saints always love to find uh, that UDFA DT. So maybe he'll be in this uh, bunch. But yeah, they have a great defensive line moving forwards. And their next pick actually made me feel a little better about this, uh, that first overall selection. Um, and their next pick was Pete Warner, linebacker out of one other than the Ohio State University. I was a big, big fan of this pick. Um, Pete's been a great player at Ohio State. He was being rumored to be anywhere from the 30 to 60 range. He ended up going 60. Um, some people on Twitter thought maybe he would go later, but this was kind of his range that NFL scouts felt that was fitting for that second round. Um, he'll come in with a chance to start day one next to Dermot Davis. Um, I was real excited about this Pete pick. What do you think? Oh, I'm super excited about this to this day. Uh, you know, he's the fourth player since 2016 that the Saints have taken out of Ohio State. That turned out to be Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, Von, Del, uh, Von Bell. Uh, it, it, you know, all guys that have come out really, really solid. So I'm very excited for Pete Werner, and I think he can fill right in. Uh, if fans were happy with Quan Alexander last year and how he played, I'm not going to say that he's going to be as fast getting around the field as Quan is, but I think he can fill the hole that clearly Quan left when he got hurt. And then eventually when he left, because I mean, man, like last year when the Saints actually had two linebackers that were capable of playing that defense looked incredible. And now you bring on an extra pass rusher or a couple extra pass rushers and a smart, quick guy like Pete Werner, who's played a ton of top level football, uh, that's just really exciting. And he fits the size profile as well. Yeah, absolutely. And one of his best games came against Clemson and the Superdome, of course. So he's very familiar with that Superdome. He loves playing in it. And he'll be uh, one of the first Saints to be changing their jersey number to the changed rules. He'll, he'll number, he'll, we, he will wear number 20, his old college number. So that'll be pretty cool to see uh, just a change in that scenery for him. Um, after this pick, it was like, okay, we need a corner now. It's like, uh, do we go Richard Sherman? Like, do we sign someone for free agency? Because there's no guys left. Uh, but one of a uh, few of the Saints scouts' favorite guys was Paul Sinadibo, and they trade up to go get him because he's been in a ball hawk over his career. Uh, people say he could come step in and be that starter day one. I don't know what the Saints' plan is 
for that spot. I mean, if they feel after minicamp, breaking minicamp, that they think Paulson Diva can be that guy that can be that starter across Marshall and Lattimore, why not? I mean, you don't necessarily need to bring in a guy like Richard Sherman, but maybe you can bring in a vet or just kind of roll with uh, P-Rob behind him. But what do you think of the Paulson and Debo pick? I think it's an incredible pick. And I honestly, I think there's every chance that we see that it comes out to be the best pick. You know, uh, even scouts at Stanford's Pro Day were saying that he gave them the missing piece. And that's showing uh, that he could excel in just about any scheme with his off ball. And we knew he had the ability to get his hands on the football. But what they were really looking for was an upgrade in the hip movement and the overall agility he uses in coverage. He gave that to them. And honestly, if you watch the film, I think this guy has the ability to play in pretty much any NFL scheme, which we know the Saints love. He's got that versatility. Uh, right now, he'll probably start as an outside-only corner, but uh, hey, that's one of the things that the Saints really need. So that's a really good thing to see uh, because they needed that. You almost had to sell the ship to get a cornerback uh, in the third round after your first two selections. And he isn't a household name, really. And mm-hmm. part of the reason is because he opted out this past year uh, the Pac-12 had their question marks. And his first two seasons with Stanford were pretty nuts. He had eight interceptions in those. Let's see, he played 13 games in 2018. He played nine in that 2019 season. And he had 27 passes defended. That's pretty nuts. He knows how to get his hands on the football. So that could be end up being their, their biggest boom pick. And if he comes in and starts day one, great for him. I'd love to see that. If, if they decide to go elsewhere and – uh, maybe bring in a Richard Sherman and have him start for now and just have Paul Sandivo just learn and uh, maybe get adjusted into the into the NFL. But whether you're bringing a guy or not, I, this is the new 17-game season, so it's good to have starter depth mm-hmm. uh, because Marshall Lattimore hasn't – I don't know if he's finished the season in his career, honestly. He's always been like a dink here and there. Richard Sherman – I keep bringing up Richard Sherman. like like he's on the team. He's not on the team yet. Um <laughs> But let's talk about the Stanford corner now that we have, and that's Paul Sadiba. So I really like the pick. Um, that was kind of their biggest need, and getting that there at pick 76 is pretty big because he, if he ended up opting in and playing the season and playing the way he did, he could have been a top – he could have been a top first round pick honestly he honestly could no doubt a lot of comparison to cj henderson that got picked last year by the jaguars you know uh he's super leggy he's high cut but he's got the good size and the length to get up outside and that length in 50 50 ball situations and in the red zone is going to come in super handy uh in this what what has basically become a pretty decent overall saint secondary in my opinion especially considering our historical secondaries oh yeah of course i mean you, you gotta have good corners and hopefully this is one that that they hit on in the past they haven't had great success uh especially in a division with tom brady you need to have those ball hawks and that's yeah. what paul sandivo does great uh but this next pick is kind of what threw saints fans for a loop they either love the pick or hate the pick or changed their favorite team and that was uh their 133rd pick in the fourth round quarterback ian book out of notre dame uh, personally, I was excited about the move. I, I see the vision. Um, if you listen to Sean Payton, he was sending out this a long time ago. The Saints really liked Ian Book. Um, whether Taysom starts, Jameis starts, it doesn't even matter because Ian Book can be that guy. Um, if we're looking at the future, maybe not him being the franchise guy, but after this year, he'll be the only quarterback on the roster that has a deal. 
So if he, Ian, Ian Book can come in and be almost a Chase Daniel type, just just know the offense, uh, compete. Uh, I've, I've heard a Taysom Hill kind of comparison. I don't think that they'll use him in that kind of role. He's a great runner. Uh, Wash him out the senior bowl. He moves really, really well. But I, would I compare him to Taysom Hill? No, I don't compare anyone to Taysom Hill. Not even Tim Tebow. Taysom Hill is one in, one in a million. So I don't think that they're bringing in Ian Book to replace Taysom Hill right. to be that running quarterback. But I think that it's definitely a project, and it's something Sean Payton will love to have in their locker room. He's kind of one of those guys that I group in and, and not necessarily talent wise, because I think he's even a leg above this guy, but Shea Patterson, uh, Trace McSorley out of Penn state was another one that I kind of thought when I watched him, the accuracy is kind of all over the place. The decision-making this dude is a wild stallion and maybe that's what Sean Payton likes. I mean, we've seen Taysom. We know Jameis has thrown 30 30 before which is just absolutely ridiculous speaking of wild stallions they're great when they're broken in uh but you know it comes with a double-edged sword when he keeps a clean pocket though which i think the saints can do fairly well if everybody is healthy there's been some splashes of some talent there i mean let's face it and you know just being fair to him is he the next big surprise tom brady level probably not Almost definitely not, I'm willing to say. But he left Notre Dame, the most historic football program in history, as the winningest quarterback and the second leader in passing lists, both yardage and touchdowns. I mean, you don't get there by not having some positive traits. Now, Notre Dame plays a cupcake schedule. We all know that. Mm -hmm. But overall, I mean, it's still D1 football, baby. It's still D1 football. He's, he could end up being a really good project for them. Uh, if you go back and watch this film, the thing with the Ian Book, it's read one, read two. If it's not there, I'm running. And, I mean, that's fine for the college level. I mean, he's, t- he's super athletic. So, of course, he ended up winning a lot of games for them. Uh, he had some great talent around him, like Chase Claypool, and ended up throwing to him a ton. Um, but you look at the Senior Bowl. When I watched him, I wasn't too impressed necessarily about his throwing, like you said. Because I mean, these are these are receivers he doesn't necessarily know. He doesn't have a Chase Claypool throw to or Tommy Tremble. He doesn't have those guys. So he you see him in the pocket, maybe a little. It, the time clock in his head is going faster than it should. It, he can sit back there and relax. If there's no pressure, you don't need to run. And I think that'll be the main thing. But I think Sean Payton will love to have this guy. If he ends up being a new Taysom Hill, don't come at me because he definitely has the athleticism to be. I don't think they will try to do that. But. It'll be a great project for him. I know Sean Payton loves Ian Book. Ian Book loves Sean Payton. The last thing I'll say about that is that we lost our franchise guy, Drew Brees, to Notre Dame. They, he will be their color guy for NBC. <laughs> and we get their quarterback, Ian Book. So is it a fair trade? Hell no, but I'll take someone in return for that. I actually didn't sure. even think about that. Yeah. I don't know. When we see Drew Brees' commentary ability, it might end up being a fair trade. We don't know yet. We really don't know yet. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, not every uh, NFL player is meant for the commentary role. And that's I, I, I love hearing Drew talk. I mean, we'll just, I time too. will tell. I do Same too. with Ian Book. Time will tell. Yeah, I do too. And I think especially starting at the collegiate level uh, for Drew is going to be a great choice. So, hmm we did have yeah. one well, more pick. He knows the right? game well enough. Or two more picks. I uh, forgot about Kawan. Embarrassing. Yeah, we, so the next pick was round six, pick 206. Uh, Landon Young, tackle out of Kentucky. Don't have too much about him. 
but the main thing was next year, Ryan Ramchick and Tron Armstead are not under contract. So this could just be a swing tackle kind of, let's hope he develops into something kind of like a Rick Leonard a couple of years back, or this could be like, okay, let's just get some insurance just in case we can't bring back one or two of those guys. Um, hopefully they can extend them here pretty soon. We don't, you don't want to go the next season having to worry about both because they're two all pro kind of guys. But what do you think of the pick, the Landon Young pick? I think, you know, for being in the sixth round, it's a good pick because he does have the physical size and the profile that you can't teach anyone. Now, as far as the rest of it, you know, he's a linear mover. He's a fringe roster level prospect. So if you lose out on a six round pick for some reason, he doesn't make the roster. He probably will make the roster. It's just, it's whatever really. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where most people had him as a late round, a candidate or a priority UDFA. The Saints wanted him. They liked how he fits in a gap or a power heavy running scheme. Uh, and, you know, when you have guys that can do that and make stuff happen between the tackles, and if you had one of those guys go down at either tackle spot, you need somebody with a physical profile that can step in. Uh, and truthfully, I think given some time, Landon Young has the experience that he can be that guy. He's got some margin for error. Uh, but he does have that physical profile and, you know, very experienced as well and was a team mm-hmm. captain as well, which I know the Saints really like. Yeah, the Saints stuck to their little calculator of athleticism. Are they a good leader? Uh, did What did they accomplish in college? I mean, you see it with every single one of these guys. They have the same exact traits. They're good people. They're great students. They were great students. They want to be students anymore, thankfully. <laughs> and they were very good in the football field especially with this last guy. And he, I am very, very excited about this guy. Uh, Kawan Baker, wide receiver from South Alabama, being at the pro uh, at the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl was at South Alabama. Sadly, I did not get to see Kawan, Kawan Baker. Um, but watching his highlights in that stadium, he – I mean, just wow. I mean, he's, he's explosive. He catches the ball really well. Um, really good downfield blocker, which the Saints love. I think Kawan is a great, great, great shot to make this roster – uh, the Saints were the only team in the past three NFL drafts that they haven't taken a single wide receiver in the draft. I mean, they've done well uh, at the UDFA level, of course, with Callaway and Deontay Harris. But Kawan Baker, I mean, after watching his film, I, I'm just sold that this guy's going to make the roster. Uh, I think, are they set at wide receiver? Not necessarily, but one of these guys has to break through and be that true wide receiver too. Next to Michael Thomas. But what do you think of Kawan Baker? You know, I think Kwan Baker is one of those guys that at the worst is going to fill in at one of those holes on the special teams. You know, he's fast. He's got really good ball skills. You know, he's led South Alabama, obviously, in receiving touchdowns. He's their all-time leader with 16, ended up with about 1,800 receiving yards. And the production increased each year, which is really, really good to see. Anybody that keeps getting better, if they can make the roster and get a spot, which obviously he will, Uh, especially with the wide receiver depth, can be impactful. So I really think uh, with the loss of guys like Justin Hardy, stuff like that, um, his best path forward is to kind of prove that he can stick around the team uh, and then use some of that straight line speed and athleticism uh, because the elusiveness is the only thing that's lacking for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's kind of got the problem that, you know, a lot of sadly unsuccessful saints receivers have had in the past where they lack that elusiveness and that deceptiveness as a route runner. 
but if he can stick around, I really like the chance for him to develop, especially, you know, maybe learning a thing or two out of Michael Thomas and stuff like that. So I, I, overall in the seventh round, I think that's a good pick, Brendan. TLDR. <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of copy what you were saying, but I think his best shot to make the roster is to do exactly what Callaway did this past season is be that gunner and just, just grind and grind and hope to get your opportunity because I don't think right now he'll end up leaping Traquan Smith and uh, Callaway. They've both been working out with Jameis this offseason. I'm expecting big things from them. I'm sure I'll mention them later on in training camp. But, uh, yeah, he has a great shot to make the roster. Uh, Deontay Harris for sure will make the roster to be that gunner. But do they want Callaway uh, still being that gunner? No, I mean, he he struggled with an ankle issue last year just – just being a gunner's tough. It's it's real tough work. It's the dirty work. I don't think they want him doing that anymore. That spot's going to be wide open. JT Gray's on one side being the gunner. Who's going to be the other one? Quan Baker's got a great shot to do that. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it was a great value pick, and uh, it could end up being a boomer bust pick, but it's a seventh-round pick. Who really cares? Uh, let's talk about this UDFA class, though. Um, who, who are you looking at? I know we each got a guy. Who are you looking at that could maybe make this roster – or make an impact in some kind of way? Well, as we both know, the Saints, and I do believe the NFL has lost Josh Hill over this past year. He retired, right? Mm-hmm. He did announce his retirement. Yep, he, he announced his retirement. So I wish Josh the best in his retirement. He would rather retire than not play for the Saints anymore. Uh, I respect that. I really I do. I would too. So the guy that I think he has a great chance to replace his type of role, especially at a position of need is Dylan Saner. He's a tight end, uh, undrafted free agent out of Ohio, Iowa state. I almost said Ohio state just out of a reflex. <laughs> he's kind of like a Joshua clone. You know, he's got a little bit um, of a problem being quick to get to blocks. Uh, and honestly, it is tape credit. If you go and look at it, there's one, I don't remember what team he's playing, but the linebacker just absolutely demolished him, just knocked him <laughs> over. And I mean, it, it's nitpicking, but it was kind of funny. But also to counter that, he's got a lot of strong ones, like all over the formation. If you go back and you watch the Fiesta Bowl against Oregon, he had some great, great plays. And if you look at the Saints offense versus how he was used at Iowa State, I, I think New Orleans can use him really well. Uh, especially in that kind of Josh Hill flex role. He's not going to probably catch a lot of passes, but he'll be pretty versatile, can catch them when you need them, uh, and can throw down a good block or two every game. Yeah, tight end room is going to be tied on by committee. I mean, they're going to they're gonna throw to Adam Troutman. He's going to get a big carry. He's going to get a big load. Uh, Nick Vanette is kind of a blocking tight end as well. He's got some great hands. Maybe they try to expand his role. At, uh, but Dylan could really make this roster. I mean, you look at the other people – uh, that Jason Vanderland, Garrett Griffin, he's got a great shot. All he's got to do is honestly be a little bit better than him. He'll be a lot cheaper, and uh, he's got a great shot. But the dude I'm looking at has the same last name that this player in the current roster has. He's going to come take a spot, and that's Trill, Trill Williams, safety Syracuse, kind of their biggest UDFA sign, you could say. I think he's going to come in and take P.J. Williams' spot. He's cheaper. He's going to be better. And he brings that fire that the Saints love. Um, I was really surprised when they signed him. I was like, he, wait, he, he didn't get drafted. I mean, he was one of these guys that I was mentioning kind of a lot. And I think he could come in. Um, the Saints kind of got that slot position locked down. CJ Gunnar Johnson. But 
uh, with the dime look or nickel. He can come on the field because PJ comes on the field a lot. PJ is a good tackler. In coverage, no. PJ doesn't have it. Trill's got both, though. He's a great cover guy and a very, very good uh, tackler. He's mentioned here as he hits his game after Jalen Ramsey. So that's just good stuff for him. I think Trill Williams could be a guy. Um, some really good names, though, that they signed. We're, we're going to have some fun competition in camp. Uh, they brought in a punter as well. We're going to have a punter competition. Uh, we'll, have, of course, have the uh, quarterback competition. And they brought in another guy I wanted to mention, Josiah Bronson, DT from Washington. I think he could be one of the next guys to kind of get that Malcolm Roach, Shy Tuttle role and make this roster at a cheap deal and find his way onto the field. Like like all these other UDFA DTs did, um, their most experienced guy now is David Onyemata. And I think the Saints are fine with that because he really broke through this offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think there's a couple other guys too. You know, Mike Brown is somebody that I think has a shot at being a depth guy. You might see Bryce Thompson out of Tennessee be kind of a nickel guy. If not with the Saints, then somewhere else. Uh, and, and, you know, just everything you were saying with Bronson, I, I they have a great track history, the Saints do, of landing gems at the defensive tackle spot. Uh, and, and, you know, he got 165 k in guaranteed money. So the Saints wow. see something there. That's a lot of money for an uh, uh, undrafted free agent. So uh, he's got the agility in the flash, uh, comes from a program that's put out some good talent. So could be interesting. To end it off, letter grades are a stupid thing, but what, what letter grade would you give them? For the whole class? For the whole class. <sighs> I think the first three picks are really good, and I love what they did with them. The last three, too many questions for me. Ian books all right. See what they're going for. I'm gonna give them a B. Give them a B. That's fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll give them. A, I'll give them a C plus, and we'll, we'll we won't know till two three years down the road. And these grades don't really matter. But having just a late pick in general, it's hard to get that top tier guy. Of course, we all wanted them to trade up didn't happen but they made the best of the picks that they had um they got a pretty good class they filled in all their holes that they needed at least with a rookie of course um is it is it going to be the 2017 Marshall Lattimore class no they'll never have one of those again probably Mm -hmm. but it it could be a solid class it's definitely going to be better than last year's Mm -hmm. uh no knock on those guys they just didn't have a ton of picks but we could see some of these guys come in and develop and be playmakers from top to bottom honestly so Good for the Saints. Uh, we got rookie mini camp coming up soon. We got regular mini camp. We got OTA. So I'm really excited to see all these guys get in the field. And we're finally, I mean, I'm not going to say we're back to football, but we're getting back into football. It's getting back into that weather. So um, we'll catch you guys soon. We got we got something special coming up. We got the schedule release, which is very fun. It's always a fun day. That's coming up on Wednesday. So we'll have something coming up for you guys for that. Um, that's about it. And Nate, you, Nate, you got anything? No, not really. Uh, keep an eye on it. If this UDFA class develops, we see guys like Trill uh, come along. I, it won't be the Marshawn Lattimore class, but it might be up there with some of the better classes in recent years. We'll see. For sure. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. You need to find us on Twitter. Of course, follow us at Country Chronicles, and hope you have a good day. Who that? 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 Who that?